to get the best of me, I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't be the man that God has called me to be. That's why many of you during times of trouble, you easily find yourself in a predicament where you lose sight of who you are. But if you really look into it and you begin to study, you begin to notice that there is no real intimacy with you and God. There's a lack of. There's a lack of. You have time for everything in life. But the most important time that determines God has for you is the time that you spend with Him. Not the time you spend in church, the time you spend with Him. If we spend more time with God, when we congregate, we'll be so happy, full of joy, full of hope. Because we are all connecting to the same source. But when we're not connecting with God during the week and we just show up to church, we show up with what? With baggage, with loads, and we begin to what? Put a heaviness over the atmosphere. And that's how the enemy defeats us. Amen? God is so good. Give him a round of applause. Accord 16, verse 13. He will guide you into all things. Into all things. All what? All truths. And this, and this is the Holy Spirit. This is His job. Amen? So in order to understand the things that God hates, we must allow the Holy Spirit to work with us and allow the Holy Spirit to lead us. The Holy Spirit works with us by teaching us. The ways of God. And he leads us. In the ways of God. In other words. The Holy Spirit. Does the impossible work. In you. I know that you're waiting for someone to pray for you. Someone to fast for you. Someone to lay hands for you. But the Holy Spirit could do a better job than that individual. You don't need me to lay hands on you. You need the Holy Spirit to lay hands on you. God wants you to grow and to be mature. That you're not easily offended, aggravated, upset. I know all of these things have to do with human naturism. But in all reality, when you give more to the spirit, the spirit overtakes the flesh. And now the flesh is a prisoner to the spirit. But we make excuses. I feel this way because of this. You know, uh, things are not going the way that I want to. And the, but it goes back to, who have you been spending time with? Let, let's be real. Who have you been spending time with? Because you are only subject to whatever you give yourself to. Some of you are working 80 hours a week. Don't tell me that your spiritual life is not lacking. Now you say, Pastor, you don't know my situation. I don't know your situation, but the Holy Spirit knows your situation. And the Holy Spirit can make a way where you're not enslaved to your job. Many of you are overwhelmed with the news. COVID. Layoffs. All of these things take, you know, taking place in the atmosphere. Have you grabbed the word of God and begin to profess his blessings over you and your family? Focus on that. Stop giving ears. Stop giving your mind. Stop giving your attention to things that are not in no shape or form edify you. What good is it if I sit there and I watch News after news after news after news after news after news. I will become a slave to the news reporter, to the editor. Don't get me wrong. It's okay to watch news. But not all the time sitting there and indulging yourself in that. Half of the stuff that they're reporting is not true. Why? Because the Bible speaks that God will take care of his. That's what the Bible says. So whatever's taking place in Wall Street has nothing to do with me. 
Because I know where my reason That, that God hated seven things. If I was to ask you to raise your hand, if you ever came across that scripture, you will say to me, Pastor, I never even knew that. But I'm not here to point you out or signal you out. I'm here to educate you and bring you to an understanding of who God is. So the first thing that King Solomon points out, it's the first sin which is pride, an arrogant look or arrogant eyes. That is the first sin in the list. And that sin was the sin that led Satan to rebel against God. According to Isaiah chapter 14, verse 12 through 14, a pride spirit, a prideful person. That is the first sin that God hates. Now you might say, Pastor, I'm not prideful. That's not me. Oh yeah, rejecting the word that God has declared over your life makes you prideful. Because what you're saying, in other words, I know better. That word is not for me. That's why when God sends a word by a messenger or a man of God or a pastor by God, I receive it. Even if I don't see it. I don't want to be prideful. When you're prideful, you are blinded to your own ignorance. That's why many of you can't even receive a blessing. Someone wants to bless you. No, no, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Even if the enemy sent that, just because you're a child of God, God turns it for good. Every time somebody wants to take you out to eat, you want to, you want to pay the bill. Prideful. Prideful. Every time someone wants to bless you, no, I'm I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. Let me tell you something. If you run into someone like that, call me so I can take that blessing. I'll take it for them. You want to take me out to eat? You already know. You already know how I roll. I'm in your car before you get in your car. Whip your seatbelt on and the car on. And don't... (laughs) And don't ask me, Pastor, have whatever you want, because I'll take the whole menu down. Amen. God is good. Give him a round of applause. James chapter 4, verse 6 says that God resists the proud, but he gives grace to those who are humble. God hates prideful people. Those that think they know it all. You can't teach them anything new. Their attitude, it's it's always an attitude uh, uh, of if you don't acknowledge them or if if you don't exalt them, they're easily offended because their pride has blinded them that they feel that they need to be acknowledged in everything. Those are dangerous people. Very dangerous people. Amen? Amen? That's what led the devil to rebel against God. You got to search your heart. That every time God uses a man or a woman of God to bring you a word or give you a word, that you yourself don't fall under the spirit of pride that said, no, that's not for me. I cancel that in Jesus' name. You could be aligning yourself to the devil in more ways than one. God is so good. Give him a round of applause. Come on, a little louder, church. And just in case, for the record, you might say, oh, you know, uh, that's not me. God knows your heart. 
You could fool me all day, every day, but you can't fool God. Because there are people in self-denial. No, 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 that's not me. No, that is you. That is you. If you easily get offended because you wasn't acknowledged or you're ready to throw in the towel or say, you know, I'm leaving, I don't want, you have a prideful spirit, period. And that spirit was birthed in the heart of Satan, the father of lies, the accuser. There are things in my life that I was very prideful about them and God exposed them. And I thank God for that. Why? Because that changed my perspective view about God. It it made me understand that God loved me so much that he waited on me instead of judging me. Amen? Number two, a lying tongue. God hates a lying tongue. You say, Pastor, I just said a lie. No, that doesn't make, that makes you a liar. And lies are untruths. We need to work on that. We need to work on that. Now you might say, Pastor, is that, is that my situation is very difficult, it's very complicated, and if I say the truth, I, I know it's going to hurt some people. Let me tell you something. The Holy Spirit will guide you in every conversation. It doesn't mean that you're going to go around, you know, just saying everything. There's a time and a place for everything. Amen? But when you're asked something, especially by your spiritual authority, you shouldn't be lying. The Apostle Peter was lied to by Ananias and Sapphira. They had sold some possessions, and they have kept them from themselves after they swore that they were going to give it to the ministry. And Peter responds, respond was, you haven't lied to me, you have lied to the Holy Spirit. And they dropped dead, the husband and wife. Be careful how you approach the men and women of God, because it might be your last time. See, we've gotten away from that. Why? Because there's no sound doctrine in the church. There's no fear of God in the church. Why? Because no one is really seeking God in spirit and truth. And the fear of the Lord is to have reverence of God for the things of God, to be jealous for the things of God, to fight for the things of God. Amen? So God hates what? A lying tongue. Number three, the hands that shed innocent blood. Pastor, I haven't killed anyone. You know what that's referring to? The Holy Spirit revealed that to me a few days ago. Abortions. Now you might say, Pastor, I I haven't aborted. But you know someone that has. And you haven't shared the truth with them concerning how God feels about that. You're at... You're guilty by association. Anyone that has come my way looking for advice about aborting a child, I say, you don't have the child and put the child up for adoption. But you have no right to take that child's life. And God hates that. Period. Whether you like that or not. And America is, is, is guilty of shedding 60 million lives since 1963 to now there has been more than 60 million abortions conducted in clinics all over the United States of America. Those innocent bloods that have been shed are crying in the presence of God for justice. God hates the the, the shedding of innocent blood. Abortion. Pastor, that's rough. That's tough, Pastor. That that's I'm reading it here. I'm getting it from here. I didn't make that stuff up. I ain't saying that. God said that. And that's the issue that we have with God. Let me let, let me just 
give you a let me just give you a clear understanding. Your opinion doesn't matter to God. My opinion doesn't matter to God. If we could record that in our minds and in our hearts, we wouldn't have an issue with the word of God. We wouldn't have an issue with God. We're trying to fit God into our world. Our world is too small to have a big God fit in it. We need to fit into his world. See the difference? We're trying to accommodate God. We're like, yeah, Holy Spirit, come, come, come inside of my house and just sit on the couch and I'll make you some coffee. And we'll sit down and we'll have a chat and the Holy Spirit's looking at you like, I don't even fit in your house. Are you hearing what I'm saying? God is good. Amen. Number four. <laughs> wow, this is powerful. A heart that's constantly wicked, that every thought that that heart produces are evil thoughts. Constantly. Constantly. Constantly thinking wickedness. Hating on people. Talking about people. Judging people. God hates that. Have you ever been around believers that that's all they do? There's nothing positive coming out of their mouth? Not that they're cursing or anything, but everything's negative. Everything's negative. Everything's negative. Everything's negative. Everything's negative. Everything's negative. God hates that. You try to share something with them. Oh, I care because I ain't got no money. Man, I was just sharing it with you. I didn't say you had to buy it. For real. Well, you know my situation. I'm just sharing information. That's all I'm doing. You're negative about everything. God hates those people. Those people hinder the body of Jesus Christ. Nothing good comes out and nothing and nothing good comes in. They're stagnant. They're in church. They're doom and gloom all the time. And if you're not careful, you can easily fall into that. You can easily give life to that. And before you know it, you're speaking doom and gloom. Let me tell you something. There are promises that I yet to see, and I'm going to wait on God for those promises. Meanwhile, let him have his way. Amen? There's a time and a season for everything. Amen? God is good. Number five. Feet that are quickly or quick to run to evil. Carrying out every wicked thought into action. Uh, in... In 2020, we call it clapping back, right? Something like that, clap back. Every time somebody says something about you, you got to clap back, right? That's the terminology they use. I got to get back at them. I got to get back at them. God hates that. God fights for you. God is the vindicator, not you. So when you hear that someone is talking negative about you or someone is saying something that's not true, leave it in God's hands. You don't have to defend yourself. You're as guilty as they are if you give in to that. Are you hearing me? There's no need for that. If people don't like your videos and they give you a two thumbs down or one thumbs down, whatever, or they don't give you no emojis, they don't acknowledge you, that's fine. That's fine. I have met Christians and people who get upset just because someone didn't like their picture or someone didn't give them a smiley face, they didn't give them a heart, they didn't give them a thumb, they didn't give them nothing. They're easily offended by that. And the next thing you know, they don't want to talk to no one and, and, and they want to just take this person's reputation and throw it down the drain. Are you serious? God hates that. God hates that. If they forgot your birthday. If they didn't acknowledge you. 
and, and, and you got so offended that now you're moving quickly to do whatever you can to hurt this person so they, they can feel what you are feeling or whatever you felt. God hates that. Vengeance belongs to the Lord. You have no right and no place. You have no right and no place. Now you might say, Pastor, that's not me. Gossiping is part of that. There are things that you're sharing with other people that you know are not of any edification whatsoever. You're planting seeds. You're planting seeds. You're planting seeds. You're planting seeds. God hates that. God hates that. It's one thing to be aware of something, and it's another thing to dive into it. I'm aware of a lot of situations that you have no idea that I'm aware of, but I keep them in prayer. I keep them in prayer. God, reveal to them my heart. Reveal to them who I am. But never allow my heart to get hardened. Lord, protect my heart. For life flows out of it. Are you hearing me, church? Don't never allow yourself to be a victim of yourself. Amen? Number six. False witnesses that speak lies. God hates that. If you don't have the facts, don't say nothing. Don't say nothing. If you don't know both sides of the story, keep your opinions to yourself. Because some of you can... There's people that have a reputation of doing things, okay? It's true. But it doesn't mean that they, they're doing everything wrong. And just because someone informed you of them, you come out of, out of nowhere and you say, yeah, I, 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 I believe that. I believe that. I believe that. It's like if you're accusing someone of something they haven't committed, even though they have a reputation of doing that. It's like the bank robber. He said, I robbed some bank, not all. <laughs> I robbed a few, not all. You, you know what I'm saying? I was there, but I wasn't involved all in it. You know what I'm saying? I was a <laughs> you got to be careful with that. Stereotyping falls into that category. Oh, wait, wait where are you from? Oh, I'm from the South. Oh. And, 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 and all of a sudden, right there, you, you open up a door, and now you start catalyzing that person. And you don't even know that person. You begin to judge them and you begin to condemn them. Because now that you judge them and you condemn them, every time you see them, you, you hiding your purse, you hiding your phone. Just because they come from a certain neighborhood, it doesn't mean. So like, oh, oh, oh he coming over here. Condeto. God hates that. People have that attitude. Trust me. Trust me. Trust me. And that attitude becomes a lifestyle. And with the same mouth that they condemn and judge others, they worship God. But God says, I only determine your worship not by what comes out of your mouth, but the way that you live. By the way you carry yourself. I see all things. And we have to be careful that we don't easily fall into this. Number seven. Amen. One who's, who, who's uh, one that uh, spreads strives amongst the brothers. Okay. You got to win that your brother or your sister fell into some kind of sin. Your responsibility is to pray for them. This is not your responsibility like many of you. Maria, you heard what happened to Piki? Who, the one that was in church? Yes. Yeah, her and her. Girl. Boy. Yo, Pookie. Yeah. Did you hear what happened to Tuki? I, I, remember, 
They was always in the church and all that. But man, come to find out, there was, God hates that. Who are you to condemn your brother and your sister? Trust me, they feel guilty as it is, and God's going to deal with them some way, some shape, some form, somehow. Amen? That's not your place. That's not your place. That's not your place. Watch what comes out of your mouth. Watch what comes out of your mouth. Regardless. 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 You have no right. You have no right. If you think about this and you give it more thought, imagine if God was like that towards you. Think about it. God loves your enemies more than you love them. Amen. God is so good. They stir up conflict. They're guilty by association because they 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 come into cliques or to cahoots with those that are gossiping. You have to be careful with that. Amen. The Bible teaches us that we are supposed to be peace makers according to Matthew chapter 5 verse 9 says blessed are those who are peacemakers for they will be called children of God bless are those who are peacemakers someone that mediates a situation someone that looks for the best in the situation not someone That continues to put more fire into the situation. Are you hearing me, church? Someone that continues, they, they continue, they continue. Let it go. Let it go. That's not your place. And you have to be careful as a believer that you don't fall into that. That when you see the people that have hurt you or you heard about people that are doing wrong, that you can embrace them in the love of God. That you can see the good in them, even if they don't see it. That you could cause the good of them to come out. Be a peacemaker. You ever met people, they, they love bochinche, they love gossip, they just love it. It's like they get a high off of that. You got to be careful. God hates that. God hates that. God hates that. Many of you were hoping and wondering, what was this series about failure to repent will lead to destruction? And now all of a sudden, God is revealing things that we ourselves partake and participate on an everyday scale, and we have no idea that God hates those things, and God wants those things out of us, because those are the things that lead us to destruction. Those are the things. As a believer, it is your responsibility to seek the will of God in everything. In everything. In everything. See, when I moved to my new location from my old location, I always talk good about my old location. And you'd be surprised when I mention to people where I used to live, they start rolling their eyes like, what are you talking about? God delivered you from. No, what about the people that are still there? Know that God will rise up somebody in that neighborhood to bring the peace of God. You get what I'm saying? When you are a peacemaker, you want that for everyone. You want that for every situation. You want that for every circumstance. You want it for all. It is so easy how times we, we give up on people and we don't realize that God could have gave up on us many times. God hates those who cause discourse, who spread Strife amongst the brothers, those that are constantly in conflict. He hates that. Speaking ill about the church in front of your kids, 
He hates that. You, don't, you have no idea how you're destroying that child or that youth's mindset and perspective view of God. You have to be careful. There's a time and a place for everything. And we shouldn't be gossiping or talking about other people in front of our children because our children are vulnerable. Our children cannot understand how you got in the car and you began talking ill about somebody at the church or from your job. And then the next day you're kissing them in the cheek. In their mind, they're like, what? What's going on? God's going to call you accountable for that. God's going to call you accountable for that. You have to be careful. You have to be careful. Our children are not developed and our youth are not developed like we are developed. So as believers, we have to be careful on everything that comes out of our mouth, how we say it and where we say it and who we say it to. When I was growing up, my mom used to have that habit. As soon as people used to leave her house, oh, my God. I remember one time she said to me, man, I was ready to slap her and kick her. And I was thinking to myself, how in the world were you ready to slap her and kick her when you were just telling her to call you if she needed anything? Hello? That doesn't make any sense. God hates that. And we bring those bad habits into the kingdom of God. And we say, God understand. God is for me. God loves me. No, 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 no. You need to fix that. Let every intention that comes out of your heart be pure. Be pure. The more you practice that, the more you will notice how people are acting ill around you. I will explain that. We'll, we'll be in places, and, and, and so-and-so will say to me, did you see how so-and-so looked at you? I said, no. They were just rolling their eyes at you. I said, I, I had no idea. I, I, I'm, when you carry the Spirit of God, you don't have time for that nonsense. You see, they roll them at you, and I roll them back. Are you okay? Are you okay? I'm okay. You okay? Okay, okay. We're okay. Okay. Oh, did you see how he rolled his eyes at me? Oh, did you see how all day you're talking about that and you lost the whole day? And while you were doing that, you were also sharing it with innocent ears. And you're tainting your brother and your sister's reputation just because you had a misunderstanding. Maybe they had a tick. You don't know. And maybe that's the way they react sometimes. They're like, I met people like that. They all of a sudden you're talking to them, they start twitching and they start moving. And, and, and it's a medical condition. It doesn't mean that they're against me. Hello, and I don't need to go into the water. You know the water. You know the water time where everybody gets a cooler. The coffee time. Hey, did you see so and so? God hates that. God hates that. Amen. Failure to repent will lead to destruction. What destruction? Self-destruction. Because God created you for better things. God created you for a purpose. God wants to fulfill that purpose. But God needs your full cooperation. Your full cooperation. Meaning, in other words, you need to get it together. In every area of your life, you need to get it together with your thoughts. You need to align your thoughts to your heart. And you need to align your body to the Spirit of God. Meaning your flesh. Fail to repent will lead to destruction. How do you repent? First and foremost... Repenting requires for you to recognize. Write that down. Recognize. All the, not your brothers, not your sisters, all of the areas, all of the areas, all of the areas in you. And give those areas to God. I'm just going to give you an example. 
Sometimes you're in a good mood and all of a sudden you get into a bad mood. That area. Give it to God. You ever heard people express themselves? Ay, yo no sé qué demonio me pasa. Oh, I don't know what the hell is going on with me. That's what they say. I understand where they're coming from. But does that make it any better? That actually makes the person next to you feel some type of way. Literally, they're like, oh, que demonio te pasa a ti? Oh, let me get away from you. Hey, hey, let me go. I don't know what I did, but I'm out. We need to recognize that. Every time I get home or every time I go to work, I feel some type of way. God, help me in that area. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is, but God, get it out of me. Amen? When you recognize, okay, that area in your life, God is faithful to heal you and deliver you from it. Amen? Number two. Regret. Not only to feel sorry, but to regret that you actually did it. That's true repentance. You hear people all the time, I said sorry. No, you said sorry, but you never regret what you actually did. You just say sorry because you you, you feel sorry because you got caught doing it. There's no remorse. You're just sorry because you got caught doing it. You know, like our kids, when you catch them putting their hands in the cookie jar, they give you attitudes. They'll be like, I said I'm sorry. And it makes you want to just go and grab the cookie, that little galletazo, right? That's how we say in Spanish. Because they have an attitude. And you're upset. Because in reality, they shouldn't be upset. They're just sorry that they got caught. Amen. There's no remorse. Amen. Number three, resolve. You need to resolve all your issues. Now, you might say, Pastor, that's going to take me a lifetime. You know what issues I'm talking about. Not the issues that you make issues of. Like, some of these issues you make up, for example, you get frustrated when the kids take the toothpaste, take the last bar of soap. You can resolve that. That's easy. I lock my stuff up. I lock it up. I buy stuff that they don't like, so they won't drink my juice. I buy food that they don't like, so they won't eat it. I even go to the extreme, and and I cough on it. (coughs) Can't touch it now. You want some nachos? I'm just joking. I don't do that. I don't do that, please. Okay? God God is good. We worship you. Amen. Hallelujah. Holla back. Amen. Resolve. Amen. Resolve issues in your life that need to be resolved. There there are things in in, in you and in your life that you got to give to God. And you got to own up to it. God, you know, I I got wondering eyes. I, 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 I got a loose mouth. I can't keep any secret. I, I can't keep nothing. I'm, I'm, I'm constantly getting myself in trouble. Resolve that. God, take over my mouth. Take over my eyes. Especially people today who are on social media, your eyes can become wondering when you start swearing and looking and, and seeing pictures and, and looking at things that you shouldn't be looking at. You know, if, if that causes sin to come into your life, leave it alone. Don't even go there. Amen. Don't even, don't even entertain that. Amen? God is good. And number four, repair. Repair. When you truly repent, you work on repairing relationships with people. Even with yourself. You, you start saying to yourself, you know what? I, I, I want the best out of this. I know it things didn't end up well between you and I, but whatever. I want to be at peace with you. Forgive me. Forgive me. Forgive me. That takes time. It's not going to happen overnight, but it's possible. It's possible. It's possible. People will respect you more for that. People will admire you. 
when you begin to take the initiative to repair and restore those relationships that went south. Amen? Not, not, not looking for anything else in return. I know some of you are waiting for your enemy or someone that hurt you or someone that did something to you to walk into your life and say, sorry, that's not going to happen. And to you accept it first. Because they, they, God can work with them, bring them to, to, to you, and then when they're ready to say sorry to you, it has happened here at the church. There's been many times where the Holy Spirit has led me as a pastor to ask everybody for forgiveness, right? Right? We have done that before, right? We, we were worshiping, and all of a sudden, oh, the Holy Spirit told me, let, let's ask for forgiveness. And I'll walk around, and i say, uh, I forgive you, brother, I forgive you. And you'll hear some people say, generally, I forgive you, and you'll see others say, oh, that's okay, thank you, that's okay. That's, that's okay, Pastor. That's okay. They, they want to cry. But at least I did my part. I'm good with that. They don't want to forgive. They don't feel that they don't have to forgive. That's fine. But if the Holy Spirit is saying to the congregation to forgive each other, and you're walking around the sanctuary, and you're asking for forgiveness, and you're not getting nothing back from that person, that is the individual with the problem. And mainly... Most people won't even ask for forgiveness because they're so full of pride. That, so ask for forgiveness is like an insult. It's like an insult to them. Why, why should I ask you for forgiveness? I didn't do anything wrong. That's your first mistake right there. That's your first mistake there. That's your first mistake there. When the Holy Spirit tells you to do something, you do it. You do it. Regardless how you feel and how you might think. Sometimes the Holy Spirit will tell you, go and bring this person a gift. And you're thinking ways how to think yourself out of what the Holy Spirit has told you. And the Holy Spirit continues all day or all week working with you. All of a sudden you hear that person's name. You see that person's picture. They pop up in your Instagram. They pop up in your Twitter account. They, and you're like, pero pa que you know, we, we, we're, we're, so, we're the swiping generation. We, we got the spirit of swiper from Dora. We were just like swiping, 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 swipe, swiping. No, no, no. We have to repair relationships. And let me tell you something. When you ask someone for forgiveness, you're actually releasing yourself from the judgment of God. You're setting yourself free. So when you understand who God really is, you begin to enjoy his blessings. His blessings will no longer become a curse in your life, will no longer be a curse. Amen? Because some of you even see your calling as a curse. God has called you to be a pastor, an intercessor. I For what? I, I, I don't even know. And... and, and but when you begin to know who God is, you embrace your calling. You'd be surprised how many people you're touching right now that you have no idea you're changing their history. You're changing their future. Because they're looking up to you even though they're not saying anything to you. They're being changed by the way that you conduct yourself and the way that you come across. I, I run into many teenagers that I worked with in my past that thank me to this day. Some of them had got married. Some of them have children. And they say, Pastor Jose, Pastor Jose, how you doing, man? Remember this? I don't remember half of the stuff they say to me. But I know some way, somehow, somehow, some way, somehow, God did something through me for them and brought them to that state of mind to recognize that it was God. So you can't be selfish. Amen. You can't be hard on yourself. You got to begin to repair those areas in your life. It's like when people invite you over to eat. And the first thing they say to you is like, oh, I don't, I don't cook that great. And you over here like looking at them ribs. You're like, what are you talking about, girl? I'm about to lick the bones off of that. I almost had came out good. Shoot, I'm, I'm good. Repair. People give you uh, 
some kind of compliment. And, and sometimes it's hard for you to receive it. You know why? Because you're torn from the inside out. You, you haven't repaired areas in your life. That's why well, someone the other day saw me and they're like, oh, Pastor Jose, you look sharp. And I said, always? Always? Talking about. Then they say, wow, you're a little cocky. No, I said, I'm confident, brother. Who could rock pink like I rock pink? Who could rock black like I rock black, purple, gray? You've seen all the colors. I represent the rainbow of God up here every time I come up here. Trust me. Trust and believe. I have no problem wearing colorful socks. That doesn't make me a less of a man. Are you hearing what I'm saying? But every time you hear a compliment, every time someone says something to you, you, you don't find it in yourself. You don't accept it because you, have, you are broken. You need to be repaired from the inside out. And when you repent, repair, be, God begins to repair those broken areas in your life. And you no longer see yourself the way you see yourself. Amen? And I close with this. I said up here a few weeks ago, I'm not a great speaker. That, that's the term that I use. Somebody refresh my memory. I said something from the altar. I said, I'm not the greatest speaker, right? Something like that. Something, something of that nature, right? Yeah, public speaking. I, I'm not the greatest public speaker. Something like that. I said, one of my spiritual daughters grabbed me and said, Pastor, you are a great speaker. Had my spiritual daughter not built the courage to tell me that, I would have gave life to something that wasn't of God. And I will start judging everything that I do to the point that I will get discouraged and walk away. Embrace your uniqueness. Embrace it. Embrace it. God made you that way. God made you that way. And let me tell you something. Me and my wife, my wife is the spice of my life. That's the, only, that's the only way I can describe her. Okay? That's the only way I can describe her. Because you see me here. I am the most boring person, especially when it comes down to entertaining anyone. If you come to my house, I might sit down with you and show you a collection of history. I might have a, that Pastor Millie will walk in the living room and goes, ay, Dios mio, here we go again. Here we, can we put some music on? Can, 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 we, can we just turn it on? Amen. She'll be like, nobody that, everybody that comes in here, you got to have a, a, a one-on-one Bible uh, discussion. But let me tell you, that keeps me young. My wife keeps me young in more ways than one. Because God created her. God created her. I hope the people out there can hear what she's saying. I know y'all can't hear what she's saying. That's a good thing. But anyhow, let, let me tell you something. The people that God places around you are going to mold you and shape you in ways that you never thought you could be molded and shaped. Because one of the things that I love about my wife is that she has a compassion heart to give. She's very passionate. Very passionate. And, and, and I'm more uh, 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 of a detective. Like, before I give something out, I have to see, well, 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 how come they ain't got no food? How come they ain't got no TV? How come they ain't got no electricity? You know, I go in there asking like a thousand questions. She's like, babe, please, in my heart, let's just buy them a TV. And I go, for what? What happened to <laughs> But you see how God deals with me? Now, she can tell you her side, how God deals with her through me. Amen? Because many things that God has taught her through me, and one of them is being frugal. She used to call me cheap. She used to call me El Chipo. Not El Chapo, El Chipo. 
Check out, oh, here comes Mr. Cheapo. But because... <laughs> she says sorry. But now, 20 years of almost being together, she cooks like close to seven days a week. We don't go out and, and spend money like we used to. You get what I'm saying? God molded us. He, he together. Now, every day wasn't the best day, but every day made a way for a best day. And now we sit back and we enjoy the fruits of our labor. We don't argue over things that we used to argue about. You know, before, we, we used to get into all kinds of arguments, and that used to taint my relationship with God because I used to take it out on God. I used to be like, God, why is she like that? Why is it? And God will remind me, well, you picked her. And I will turn around saying, you gave her to me. So I used to talk to God like that. And the Holy Spirit, for real, I'm not even lying to you. And I said, okay, I'll repent, I'll repent, I'll repent, I'll repent. I recognize, I, I did, I did sit that rib. I did like that rib. And I got that rib because you gave me that rib. You know, my wife, rib, you know, the rib, Adam, rib, right, rib, rib. Some of y'all are like, what are you talking about, pastor? Yo, rib! If you ain't married, one day you will have a rib. Amen, if you're a man. If you're a man, let me, let me, let me correct that. If you're a man, you will get a rib. Not if you're a woman, you are going to get a rib. I know we're living in some different times, but that's not God's order. Amen? God created Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve. Let's get that right. Man, I just want to clear that up because people be like, oh, Pat. No, let's clear that up. Amen. So we're here today. We have received the word of God. We have laughed. And we have definitely taken under consideration some ways that we need to improve. Now, your job is to give it to God now. So I'm going to ask you all to be on your feet. And those who are watching us, God bless you. Hope you tune in on our next broadcast as we're here at the Resurrection Center, 1060 Worcester Street in Springfield, Massachusetts. Please continue to follow us on all social media platforms on TRC413 or on our website, www.resurrectionspringfield.org. Amen. So we're all on our feet, right? How many things does God hate? Seven. 